Hello and welcome. I'm Payal Gupta and you're listening to The Happiness Project, a podcast series that explores the way we think and do, be and become, while bringing happiness and meaning to our life. Through this series, I've made a deliberate choice to understand my guests and how they live happiness in who they are and what they do. They are some of the most interesting, humble and awesome people who walk the talk in their own spheres while working with different elements of happiness. These guests are from the fields of business, education, philosophy, science, healing and more. We will deep dive into their beliefs, practices, frameworks and tools which you can draw upon from and apply to yourself, your work and relations. Together we will call out some lessons from their journey, success and testing times. I'm glad to bring to you the happiness project. Today I'm inviting Vidhi Jain to be with us on this podcast. She's the co-founder and learning activist with Shikshantar that was started in 1998. She focuses on families learning together, unschooling initiatives. She has a keen interest in traditional knowledge and slow cooking. She also founded the idea of Grandmother's University. Through her work, Vidhi questions the 19th century factory schooling method being applied to the 21st century. Vidhi and her husband have been unschooling their daughter right from the beginning. So, thank you Vidhi for joining us um, and being with us at this early hour. Thanks, thanks. Great to be here, Pai. Help us know what was happening in your life, what were you experiencing, what were you thinking uh, that made you move out of the so-called mainstream and bring alive Shikshantar. Hi yeah um actually it's very interesting that um, you know um i was basically um uh, I, when i was thinking about a big change in my life a lot of things were happening in my life simultaneously i grew up uh, in a very bureaucratic and i would say a very middle class setting and i was uh, always questioning my own lifestyle uh, i enjoyed uh, a lot of the things that i was being exposed to but there was a lot that i felt was also missing and most of it was missing because i felt that i was wasting a lot of time um, going to school all day uh, when i was a child and i had a lot of questions about my own schooling and my own learning path and uh, i was very blessed that i had parents who never forced me to do really well in exams or very excel in everything but they were always uh, you know very open sharing that okay fine when you're growing up you need to follow the mainstream but then you can choose a different path while you you know when you're more independent and when you have your own uh, roots uh, set up So when I was um, in school I had a lot of questions about my schooling and then I was moving I moved to Delhi and I was in college there and uh, I was studying sociology and it, that raised a lot of questions about my own life um and uh, I also realized that I was doing something because I had to do it I was not very interested in pursuing a degree at that point I wanted to explore the world on my own terms I wanted to travel I wanted to learn really from the communities that I was part of but that really never happened while I was uh, in college and so I decided that I would not uh, it, it, it took a little convincing from my family to actually you know tell them that I was ready to actually 
walk out of college and do something that really meant something much more to me so i actually started volunteering in a lot of organizations in delhi and that was actually the stepping stone for me to actually start thinking about how i wanted to live a different life uh, i used to work a lot with kids and uh, kids have uh, given me a lot of learning i feel and uh, my background was actually working with children with special needs mm-hmm. and that's when i really understood what diversity and beauty is because uh, i was uh, all these years i had been actually exposed to a very singular kind of reality that you know one has to grow up following what we've been told to do but this was something that really questioned my own existence as to why i was always doing only what i had been told to do and why i couldn't really question that and why i couldn't really uh, do things very differently so uh, when i was working with ch- children with special needs it opened up a whole new um, uh, thing a whole gamut of things that one needs to explore in their life because i realized that every human being is so beautiful so creative so diverse and yet we only focus on a few things which mm. is how do you make money how do you earn a living how do you um, you know somehow managed to fit in the rat race well i realized that so many people are doing so many things differently and we need to explore those mm-hmm. so i think that was a big turning point when i started appreciating the diversity and the beauty of every human being and uh, so after i when i was working with these kids i uh, actually started questioning my own life and my own lifestyle and why i was doing all this and uh, actually questioned a lot of my own schooling and my own college education because i realized that all these years of schooling and you know college it just made me a parasite i was just uh, consuming i was just looking at the world in a very you know i would say homogeneous way that okay fine everyone is you know going to follow the same path but actually the reality is very different and uh, that's when i started traveling a lot more also i started traveling and spending a lot more time in villages and realized that people in the villages are actually much more empowered in many ways than people living in the cities who are just parasites and just consuming all the time so that opened up a whole new understanding of nature in my life uh, mm-hmm. though i loved bird watching and spending time in nature while growing up i realized that people in the villages are actually living with nature and looking after nature much more than the so called educated people who are living in the cities who are only consuming nature yes. so that's a big turning point in my life and uh, then i was also questioning why everyone is so dependent on degrees and diplomas in their lives why can't we create our own paths of learning mm. and why can't we actually look beyond all these degrees and diplomas and why can't we learn freely i mean when i was spending time in the villages i realized that people our old grandmothers never actually had any degree for what they were learning and they had so much more knowledge about nature about how to grow their own food about how to live uh, you know uh, a, a more social life taking care of people and also healing themselves that i actually started questioning my own education wow it brings me to this uh, fundamental question that a lot of people have um, that you know there there are these fears that a lot of us live with which doesn't allow us to do what we really want and deprives deprives us from fully living so what are some of the myths that you know you see people uh, are living with or the fears that they are living with 
which mm-hmm. comes to play of them really living their life fully or making some choices which sound very difficult or may may you know may not be the best in in line with what you are saying is you know this is how it needs to be mm-hmm. so i mean i feel that uh, you know a lot of our um, upbringing schooling the mass media actually from the very very early age i mean at this now this whole bombardment starts at a very early age you started maybe one or two when a child starts believing you know that your whole lifestyle is dependent on you know how much you consume so we have a lot of fears in our life about what success is what a good life is and um, you know uh, when we actually start questioning what success is i think we'll we realize that so many there are so many different ways of defining success not everyone needs tons of money to be a successful human being uh, you know the whole idea of happiness shifts radically when you start looking at nature and how nature is um, you know uh, you know thriving and actually taking care of everyone around them so uh, what i think what 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 we do in our work is actually question why we have so many fears and a, a lot of these fears are actually a part of the way we have been brought up in schools where we are told that a certain lifestyle or a standard of living is what is a good life the whole development the whole concept of development actually uh, needs to be questioned because uh, today we have been told that the most so called developed nations of the world like the mm-hmm. us the europe are actually our you know baseline parameters we need to be like them but when you actually start looking at the lifestyle of people there when you start questioning how these nations have become developed you actually start unlearning a lot of what success needs to be because you don't you know you you, you realize that actually people in the so called most developed most successful nations are actually not the happiest people right now yes yeah. a lot of unlearning of these fears that you know you need to have lots of money you need to have lots of degrees i think the biggest fears that people are you know suffering with today is uh, this whole degree of you know uh, you know the whole way development has been framed is that it looks at only scarcity you know we don't have this so we don't need to uh, we need to have this to be able to uh, to be successful or these are these are the problems of this society so we need to solve these problems actually it never looks at the abundance or the plentifulness of the communities or the nations that we're talking about and i feel that that is another fear that we need to unlearn that you know we're constantly told that this is what you don't have this is what you need to improve and that's what development is all about so the fear of uh, you know even competing i think the biggest other problem with today's uh, we're always told that we have to compete with someone else the fear that you lose out on something is also another big fear and i feel the fear of judgment that you know you're constantly being told that you know you're not good at this or you're not great at this or you're you know Uh, labeling labeling is another big fear that we have these days that you'll be i think these are fears that we have to get you know over and the biggest fear i think is the fear of the future people are mm. worrying about what's going to happen 20 years from now when we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow in our lives so <laughs> i feel getting over this fear that you know we need to do all our actions have to be based on just the future actually we we actually don't even live our lives fully because we're always worried about what's going to happen in the future and yeah. uh, so i'm learning a lot of these fears 
and one big fear that i have also uh, you know i feel that people are really uh, um, you know we need to get over it or think about it more seriously i mean unlearning is also a process of feeling is that we are actually uh, we need professionals to help us in everything we ourselves cannot decide what our lives should be so uh, you know even if you are getting sick i mean when initially i when i used to spend time with my grandmother uh, they never went to a doctor so much they 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 knew how to heal their own body listen to their own body and you know take care of their body but now we we have outsourced everything you know we feel that everything has to be done by somebody who has a degree or who has a professional uh, you know certificate to do it and that's another big fear that we actually have stopped trusting our own selves our own bodies our own intuition our own wisdom so we need to build a little more on that also i feel that's very important today trust around right. the local yeah right right a lot of what you're sharing with these also what what we see in our practice in happiness is that you know like corporations are building um an entire way of working around competition mm-hmm. um there is there is a constant uh, you know a fear uh, path or a fear narrative which is worked on of what will happen to my future so um so that also brings me to you know asking you uh, could you share with me of a time when you were doing some work where you felt deeply happy can you share with us what was that moment about what did you do what made you so happy i think uh, you know uh, a lot of uh, we have actually given our own you know the whole idea of work is also very fragmented these days we our lives have become very fragmented you see and i feel that today we've um, you know if somebody asks you what your work is you would say only okay i'm a i'm an educationist or i'm a lawyer or i'm a doctor i think this whole fragmentation of life and work and profession and uh, home these also have actually created a lot of confusion for me for me if somebody asks me what is happiness is when i see my whole life holistically and i see that you know there's a deep connection between my work my life and what i do on a day to day level and uh, mm. i'm trying more and more to actually uh, you know reduce this uh when somebody asked me what are your what do you like to do i was like i i love being a mother i think that's the most important thing for me though it would never be considered such a big thing but i feel the biggest uh how we define our work is also something that we need to question you know and yeah. and we need to also see the dots i mean if my work is something that gives me uh let uh, that helps me connect to where i live that's for me a very important thing so uh when we started chikshantar 21 years ago both me and my husband we decided that we would the basis we don't have any vision statement or any you know big uh you know vision of why we started chikshantar but there was a very underlying you know basic local thing that we wanted to create a community for ourselves that's why we started chikshantar and there's a very beautiful african uh, saying that it takes a village to raise a child so we wanted to create a village for ourselves we were not sure how we would do it what we would do but that de- deeply meant that we wanted to connect with the people around us and people with all their diversity all their beauty all their skills that they have so uh, <clears throat> when we as a, i felt that truly for me the happiest moments were when i actually went out to explore the different things that are the strengths the beauty of my 
uh, community and when i started meeting all kinds of people in my community and i felt that actually there's so much one can learn from our own neighbors our own community you can learn so much art you can learn so much uh, hands on work you can learn so much about growing your own food in your own communities and i feel the deep connection with the people who live around you is have been some of the happiest moments for me when you meet grandmothers who know how to naturally dye cloth and they don't have to go and buy uh you know uh, synthetically dyed uh, cloth but you know i mean these things are also a part of our communities but how the skills and the strengths are very much present in your own neighborhoods that gives me a lot of happiness and that we don't really have to run away you know run very far i think another thing that really gives me a lot of happiness is when i'm living in udaipur when i can connect with the local farmers and i feel hmm. that you know there are people who are actually growing food so close to you and you can actually uh, grow food on your own you don't have to uh, you know be dependent on food that's coming from you know thousands of kilometers away that gives me happiness I think a lot of happiness is also coming when I start seeing my deep relationship with nature. I feel that today cities are actually uh, suffering, you know, because they don't have that much connection with nature. So I'm really, I feel very honored and happy that we still see animals around us, and we see, you know, we can connect with the animals, with the nature, with the greenery around us. There's so many different kinds of, you know, things growing around me that it gives me a lot of hope, actually. So happiness for me is actually to connect the different things that are happening around me and trying to weave my own life around those rather than having to create something like Shikshantar when we created Shikshantar 21 years ago we were very clear that we wanted to create an intergenerational community so uh, Shikshantar has you know for all these years been a space for people of all generations to come and learn together we actually don't believe that only kids need to be taught we believe that learning is a lifelong process and that people of all ages should be constantly learning questioning and creating so shikshantar may have a 4 year old learning together with a 90 year old they have people from all different backgrounds it's an open space and i feel to see the different kinds of people who come and work and learn together really gives me a lot of happiness and um, you know the whole process of creation is very beautiful for me i feel when i see you know when i'm a part of a process which is just creative it gives me a lot of joy interestingly uh, with the uh, you know when i was just listening to you i was reminded of that when we ask this question to some people in organizations or many people in organizations um, they they are hardly able to pick up one a uh, moment of happiness or two moments of happiness and that took a lot of difficulty and i'm just so amazed with you being able to see joy meaning happiness in so many things um it it just feels that you know this is just the other side of the coin uh, to be able to hold gratitude to so much that's happening around us lots of exciting things happening around you too right now yeah um what i'd like to do now is uh, shift gears to uh, a different way of uh, you know this conversation mm-hmm. uh, what we are calling as quick bites mm-hmm. um so what i will do is i will ask you a question and these questions could be um, you know a quote a saying or you know some random uh, uh, ranking order mm-hmm. uh, and i'd like your spontaneous uh, and crisp response to that that will give us uh you know the quick bites happening yeah. uh, so the first one is uh, what would you say to people who say they want a work life balance 
i think i would say that it's good to uh, you know think about life Uh, in a larger context not just as work and to actually start connecting the dots of your life and not just work and uh, profession thinking about right. how you are deeply connected with everything sure thank you um what would you uh, think about saying to people and this especially leaders we've seen leaders say uh, people are happy when you give them less work and more money mm-hmm. i think people are happy they're actually given positive reinforcement rather than just uh, you know being told i think this whole thing of giving compensation punishment or reward is something that we need to question and that people have to intuitively be doing things that make sense to them yeah yeah uh, interestingly you say this about uh, you know uh, reinforcement uh, last year when we did our research in happiness the top most enabler for happiness was appreciation mm-hmm. um, so it's interesting that you say that um, all right so the next one is uh, you have to rank in order of the choice that you think will make you happy mm-hmm. i'm going to give you five uh, aspects the first one is money second one is holiday third time is uh, time with family The fourth is a game of choice, and the fifth is food you relish. Food. So, what would be your order? fifth one? <laughs> fifth one is yeah. first. All right. What would go second? Uh, family time, I think. All right. Okay. And uh, and what was the third? Uh, the first was. Um, there is money. There's holiday and a game of choice. Uh, holiday. holiday all right mm-hmm. so you have holiday family time uh, sorry food food you relish yeah. uh time with family and holiday mm-hmm. okay thank you for that um could you list according to you what are the top 3 drainers or blocks of happiness um i think the first drainer is this whole concept of uh you know competition i think competition the second mm-hmm. um, judgment labeling okay and the third is um uh, making uh, you know a ready made world i feel everything is ready made for you so you need to step out of that okay mm-hmm. all right um yeah uh, so fill in the blanks happiness is learning lifelong learning and um yeah trust okay and um, again fill in the blank the flip side of happiness is scarcity okay <laughs> okay thank you that was uh, the quick bites which really gets us to um uh, you know looking at your spontaneous responses uh-huh. So um I'd like to come back to a little bit of knowing you. Mm-hmm. Um what's your wish uh, for happiness for your organization uh for Shikshantar for the community for uh, Grandmothers University and many of your endeavors what's your wish for happiness? Yeah I think uh, you know when we started this uh, we see Shikshantar as a life movement and when we started it we really as I said we don't we didn't have any vision statement or any you know written proposals to what we were trying to accomplish but what we there were some underlying beliefs with which we started chikshantar 
and we felt that as a movement it's a place to actually question our own lifestyles and to rethink our lifestyles so uh, we we i mean i must i strongly believe that today uh, as we are growing up uh, and if maybe you know and most school going children their creativity their imagination tends to get you know pretty stunted by the age of 15 or so because they're really dependent on how schools are educating you so we said that what we want to create is more creative lively interesting communities for ourselves and shikshantar is that that's what shikshantar stands for so um my dream and i really feel that that magic actually already exists around us we have not actually gone out to do a treasure hunt of the magic that exists around us uh, we made some very conscious decisions about our life and we also said that we're not going to do what most mainstream organizations do you know we want to do something that is a little different so that people start believing that alternatives are possible in this world so uh, you know i don't know if you're aware of this term tina but this was a term that was coined by um, was first used by margaret thatcher and her american counterpart in some big conference in the 70s where um, she you know openly said that if there is any model of development that is uh, you know good or workable in this world it is the model of the us and europe and so every country in the world has to follow america and europe and uh, she termed this as tina there is no alternative so the work of shikshantar is actually uh, in the past many years to create many 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 alternatives to tina uh, we feel that tina is actually a very isolated very um, you know single way of looking at the world there are many alternatives out there and shikshantar is a space that actually allows for many many different kinds of alternatives i feel that if there are a million people there are a million alternatives already there and what we need to do is we need to actually create a space for these alternatives to get nurtured nurtured these are alternatives on education alternatives of how people want to live their lives alternatives on how people uh, you know view the media and we need to actually give space for these alternatives a big decision that both me and my husband made when we started shikshantar was that we would never send our kids to school and so unschooling we see unschooling is also a very very viable alternative we believe that people actually should be able to make a choice about how they want to live their lives how they want to spend time with their kids and how they want to learn together so uh, when i talk about magic uh, i'm talking about actually creating many many different kinds of alternatives wherever we are i mean i feel that today people in the cities are actually uh, looking out for answers from very far away but people in the cities can actually look in the magic of how they can all start growing their own food how they can start looking at you know alternative media forms how people can actually start thinking about uh, you know creating learning parks for themselves so i feel that wherever people are creative wherever people are trying to live in harmony with nature wherever people are talking about swaraj i think this is another thing that i wanted to talk about i mean a lot of our work is 
based on this whole concept of Swaraj, how can people actually start taking control over their own lives and learning? Today, we've been always told what we need to learn, how we want to learn, and we're always graded on what we want to learn. But Swaraj comes from a deeper, more, I would say, more intuitive, more personal level as to people start actually deciding how they want to learn, who their guru should be, where they can go and learn, and actually learn uh, to actually feel fulfilled, to create something new. So I feel that the real magic is actually lies in creation, in harmony, and how people actually start growing using their own body. I think another thing that really is missing in today's um, you know, way of the way it, it discourse in education is that happiness comes when you use your own body, when you use your heart, when you use your body, when you use your soul. And the larger purpose of redefining the larger purpose of life. It's not just, uh, you know, getting up in the morning, going to school, uh, getting a, going for an exam, getting a degree, getting a job. There's much more to life. And I feel that people need to start realizing that the larger purpose of life is actually very, very beautiful. We need to start exploring those wherever we are. And uh, also looking at the creations that we have around us and being creative human beings. There is actually, it's beautiful to see that people of all ages are creating constantly, but we don't give value to that creation. So how can we create diverse, very diverse, very living, very uh, creative communities around us? So Shikshantar stands for creation, unlearning, um, self-design learning. These are terms I feel that need to actually start uh, being given more preference. And there's real magic when you start defining what your life is, what your uh, happiness is. I mean, people should, you know, also be very happy that, you know, they should never feel trapped in what they're doing. Today, I feel Shikshantar has been able to create spaces for people who want to walk out of what they're doing also. Yeah. Like many people who are doing mainstream jobs felt that they were very trapped. They hated the work they were doing. So we said, well, you can always create your own path of living and learning. You can do that very easily. So, so many people who are doing corporate jobs actually decided that they want to move on to land and do more farming, more creative things on the land. And that's where I feel the magic is, that people are actually making choices for the planet and for themselves. And not just, you know, uh, doing it because they want to, uh, you know, live a selfish life, but they, they feel deeply connected with the people around them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, uh, so I also hear you say that, you know, uh, these are tough choices that people are making, but it's also their path to being who they are and being close and connect with uh, wanting to be joyful, happy. Um, mm -hmm. would, you, would you be able to share with me one story of a time where, uh, you know, you experienced a challenge and uh, while you experienced the challenge, this challenge was also uh, something uh, which taught you about, uh, you know, either yourself or what you are doing uh, with, with your community, mm -hmm. which helped you really. Yeah, I mean, there have been quite a few interesting challenges that we've faced in many years. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I consider myself, you know, a middle-aged person right now. But there are people, we, we work with people of all ages and from all kinds of backgrounds. And I think, uh, you, know, uh, you know, having grown up as a professional, I mean, I was, I was so-called taught as a professional. I had to unlearn a lot of my, you know, ways of dealing with people.
But, you know, recently in many years, we've been working a lot with young people who feel very trapped in the education system. And we see Shikshantar as a movement that supports people to, you know, uh, you know, how can they deal with the kind of strict, uh, you know, enforcement of, you know, you have to do this, you have to get a degree, you have to do well, you have to be an engineer, you have to. So how do you break away from these kinds of things? And having worked with a lot of young people, I think some of the most challenging situations have been working with the parents of the children who come to us because they are still very stuck up on, you know, what a good life is and that people have, to, you know, kids, their kids have to become doctors or engineers or to be able to live a good life and to actually, uh, you know, try to have conversations with them and you actually have to tell them that your child is on the mode of suicide, could be, you know, is highly depressed because of this pressure and this whole, you know, uh, com competition that is going on around them that you need to actually give your child some space, time to be able to think about what they do have been some of the most challenging times. I mean, I remember recently we had this young boy who came who was, you know, really, really on tender hooks. He was really moving towards, you know, destroying him, you know, killing himself. And we actually had to work with his father to actually explain that, you know, an engineering degree is not so important as your child's life. So how can you actually create a space for his healing? There's a lot of, this child is carrying a lot of wounds, a lot of, uh, you know, pain, and we need to unlearn that, you know, he needs to be helped to unlearn that. He needs to be told how we have to be positive. So challenges working with parents have been very challenging for us and trying to convince them that, you know, there is much more to life than just getting jobs and degrees. But, you know, happiness can be derived by doing what you really like to do. So now we were, we've had, we had to go through a lot of, you know, our own personal questions around what happiness is to be able to, you know, share it with other people. And I think what really worked for me in that situation was this trust that, you know, everyone is looking for good and good things. I mean, no one ever really wants, but the system today creates all these pressures, all these you know, constraints that we need to actually unlearn these pressures and these constraints and actually start trusting the more, you know, the larger vision of where we want to live in our lives. So, yeah, I think that's been one of the very challenging is to work with parents of children who don't want to continue doing this kind of, you know, academic, highly competitive exam-oriented education and working with people who really, you know, uh, who, and they, this child was really very meaning. He wanted to do farming, but his parents felt that, no, all he was meant to do was, you know, an engineering degree. And so we actually helped uh, the parents as well as the child to, you know, overcome this fear of degrees and uh, start now that he's doing very well in whatever he's doing and he's really enjoying his life and his parents also trust him much more. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, you know, I'm reminded uh, of, uh, you know, some of the parents that I'm aware of. I'm also a, a parent to a four-year-old and I and I know when I when I looked at him not going to a normal school, it, it took quite a lot uh, because the ecosystem was just not ready. Uh, and I'm reminded of how uh, some parents view, um, you know, unschooling or homeschooling. Uh, mm -hmm. The product of that will really be people who will be in art and creativity and they just don't believe. Then, you know, children who come out of, uh, you know, the unschooling way of learning or homeschooling way of learning can also grow in, mm -hmm. in these fields, depending on, you know, what are they called for? Mm -hmm. um, 
Uh, and I also, I, I also remember I read your blog about your your relation with your daughter, and that was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Of how you were sharing that you know she loves spending time in the village, uh, and you as a mother uh, uh, are conscious of you know uh, that she she's a young girl, but she's also doing so much in her own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has been your personal experience of a, as a parent to mm-hmm. be able to look at you know um, uh, looking at what's happening around and still hold your own? Mm-hmm. So you know I mean I feel that when I reflect on my own life I feel that you know my own education and I had a very beautiful childhood with my parents and I really spent a lot of time with my parents and my grandparents and I feel that these are very big blessings for us while we are growing up that we get support from our parents and grandparents but today I feel that you know what's really missing is this close deep you know bond with our um um parents our own family because a child is spending so much more time only in school or doing homework or going for coaching classes for something that they don't even enjoy i think and today 90% if you ask 90% of the kids they don't like to go to school they're just being forced to go to school and most parents are only sending their kids to school because they feel that they'll get a degree after that but you need to demystify that i mean for me it was very clear when i was leaving school and college that i didn't want to be dependent on a degree actually i had this i felt that there was so much strength in me that i could actually create my own path and i don't have to get a job a mainstream job i could create a job for myself and um, so when both me and manish decided that we were going to unschool our kids uh, we said that we need to create spaces for our you know children to grow up in harmony with us and we also decided that we wanted to create a space called shikshantar where we could grow up with our kids so our child spends time with us at home but also outside in many different spaces and shikshantar is a space where i work where my husband work and also many grandparents come and she also grows up so she's growing up seeing so many different ways of learning around her she's not just learning through textbooks or um you know a rote memorization but she's learning by being around so many people and i feel that's been the strength of our learning process and we learn so much from her while we are growing up with her because she has a very spontaneous a very natural way of looking at things and though we have been deeply conditioned in our lives as looking at things in a very you know i would say myopic way she really opens up a new perspective around how she wants to deal with people uh i mean a lot of my fears have been unlearned through her when she actually the way she interacts with people of all ages she's very spontaneous she doesn't have any restrictions or barriers she uh, would be happy to share her food with anyone with any any you know she cares about the animals around her she cares about birds around her and i feel that's the kind of sensitivity i mean i've learned the most the biggest lessons i've learned about you know uh, sensitive sensitivity are from my you know daughter while she's been growing up and i feel that for me the core uh, you know thing about unschooling is that how do we create sensitive human beings who are actually you know thinking about what's going on around them so unschooling is for me been a very beautiful journey and uh, we try to involve as many people in this unschooling journey a lot of people have this myth that actually unschooling is about just keeping your child at home or you know uh doing everything at home but actually for me uh, unschooling is opening the whole world up for your life for learning and how do you include people of all backgrounds all ages into your life and uh you know learn 
very spontaneously. You don't have to, uh, you know, prepare a daily uh, timetable. We don't do that. We've never done that. We don't have any fixed curriculum in our life. We believe that our life, you know, what whatever is going on around us is a part of our curriculum. And we try to weave in different <clears throat> things every day into that life. Uh, my daughter loves uh, cooking, baking. So we're doing a lot of that together. And I feel that these times, uh, you know, we realize that there is so much we also need to learn as parents. I think unschooling is actually much more about the parents and less about the children. So how do we as parents constantly thrive to learn new things is what unschooling is for me. And and living without this fear. I mean, unschooling for me has been that, you know, we don't need to be dependent on jobs or degrees. We can actually create our own paths. And we know so many families when we started unschooling our daughter, which is she's 18 now, um, we knew a few handful of families, uh, just like I mean, 40, 50 families. Now we know more than 10,000 families and we have a very large network of homeschoolers and schoolers. And we believe that this is a positive thing because people are consciously deciding that they want to take their own learning and lives into their own hands. So unschooling for me has been the most magical journey. And I feel that we have really learned, learned a lot and grown so much in this process which is a very, you know, I would say very happy. It's a blessing for us to be actually able to do something like this. That That's quite inspirational to see the journey. And, and then also you in some way, you and your husband uh, walking the talk by living this with your own daughter. Mm -hmm. That brings me to um, to the magic. And, and you have been saying magic um, quite often mm -hmm. in this conversation. Um, so this is one of our, one of our favorite uh, you know, questions when we work with happiness. Uh -huh. um, um, and I'd like to ask that to you. Uh -huh. So when you, you know, you have um, Aladdin Ka Chirag uh -huh. um, and, uh, and the genie has popped out because you've wrapped the, the Chirag, the lamp. Uh -huh. And uh, he asks you, so what are your three wishes? Uh -huh. However, he wishes uh, for, uh, you know, creating a happy place, a happy environment, a happy country, whatever that would be. Uh -huh. So what would your three wishes. Mm -hmm. uh, three. <laughs> it's, 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 it's quite tough, but I have a lot of wishes. I, I'm a very hopeful person because I feel that there's a lot of hope around us. But wishes, sure. uh, yeah, I feel that uh, one of the biggest wishes that I would uh, <clears throat> have for the future is that we actually start creating communities that uh, at least involve three generations of learning together. Uh, so, mm. I mean, for me, it's a very powerful learning experience to have three generations learning together. And the, I, I wish that somehow we can start integrating learning in three generations. So a child learns with their parents and with their grandparents. And that, for me, is a wish I, I can dream. I dream of times that, you know, where people live together and do learning together in three generations. So for me, intergenerational learning is a big dream, which I feel is kind of, Dying slowly. Um, the other dream for I that I have is uh, magic that I see in dream is that I feel people should be actually um, allowed to um, think about what really they would like to do in their lives rather than being told what they need to be do doing in their lives. So that would be the first step towards Varaj that people actually start working with their hands, with their bodies with their hearts, with their souls. And uh, I feel that is another dream that people don't 
have to be a part of this factory model that of life that we have created where everyone has to just work 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 but people find happiness in what they're doing and i feel that's possible because i have come across so many people now recently who have been doing that and are you know creating beautiful vibrant communities around them and uh, the third dream would be that we actually demystify this whole uh, you know dargan about you know what a good life i mean we need to actually start redefining what a good life is and i feel that people are doing it i mean when you travel to countries like bhutan or when you travel to many different parts uh, you know even if you go to a village you see that people are actually in many ways questioning what development is what growth is and people are making choices about how they want to live their life and i feel that's the dream that we want people to be living and i also want to be a part of that dream where people start making choices about what they want to do in their life and the local communities can support that kind of a dream oh, so so be it amen tadastu is all all i can say right now <laughs> yeah all right so uh, so that brings us to the closure of uh, this particular series of the podcast um i'd like to thank you from all of us at celebratory network the happiness project series for joining us uh, and especially uh, you know bringing this voice because for me this voice uh, of uh, you know uh, the other methods of learning of uh, being yourself completely not bringing the split of me a different person at work and a different person at home is very rarely heard um and and i hope that you know we can take this to many other places and uh, you know really show uh, people about another possible possibility uh, but like always the choices with people uh, who listen to the podcast um so thank you i, I have taken back uh, you know uh, how the mindset is important courage is important being able to believe in yourself uh, to be able to take a stand is important and also look for joy and happiness in smaller aspects of life rather than just for the future mm-hmm. so thank you very much vidhi thank um, this was good fun for me and it brought back a lot of interesting things to my life so i'm happy to be a thank you and yeah all the best yeah. let's stay connected thanks for time yeah.